anything that you do in life that you fail for when you're a little baby, you know, how many times do you fall before you start walking? A bunch of times before you just actually start taking off and just walking. So you just got to keep failure. Like, you know, you're in the gym, you're putting up, you're trying, you're trying to pump out 225. And the only way you don't get to 225 is you keep trying to bench press until you, until you uh, fail, you know, and that's how you grow and that's how you get to that next level. So anybody with a nine to five, don't quit. Everything is hard in the beginning. It ain't all rainbows. It's not easy at the beginning. It's gonna be hard. You know, I'm not a guru, not a nothing like that. But I, but I know how to hustle. I know how to hustle, and I know how to, you know, navigate through nine to five and being a businessman at this point in life. I know how to, I know how to do that. And one thing I can say is, don't quit. Just jump in it. Don't be afraid. If you're passionate about something that you want to do, just do it. Hey, this is your host, Dan Wynn, and welcome to the Financial Freedom Journal, where we talk real deals, real numbers, and real lessons learned with successful real estate entrepreneurs to help you on your journey to financial freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? This is Dan Wynn with the Financial Freedom Journal. Today, we have a special guest named Ed Blackshear. He's one of my really good friends. I've actually done a video with him in the past. Um, definitely look him up. I'm just going to read his bio really quick, a quick a quick summary about him. Again, his name is Ed Blackshear. He's a father and a husband um, and also serial entrepreneur. He has a few different companies. Um, the His real estate company is Cream Team Properties. Um, the cream stands for creatively rebuilding everything around me. Um, it's, a, it's a business based out of Utica, New York. And uh, he's just he's just moving and shaking in the the real estate industry, starting off with wholesaling, and then he's also uh, we'll talk a little bit about his uh, transition into uh, being a landlord. Uh, he's bought a duplex, but we'll get into that as well. So uh, Ed, how you doing? Thank you very much for coming on the show. Really, really appreciate it. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, just uh, good to uh, do interview with you, man. Too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so if you if you. I'm sure some of you guys will go back and watch watch the very first video I did with him. We did a tour of his his first rental property, um, and it was kind of gutted out and things like that. But um, this, uh, we talk about networking a lot, and you know your network e equals your net worth. And um, we talk a lot about about uh, how you can get into real estate investing, and one of the ways is going to your local RIAs. And uh, that's how I met Ed. I went to a local RIA, and then uh, we've been pretty pretty good friends ever since. Um, so we're, we're working on some things to do together actually, uh, to, to do some business together. Um, but yeah, more to follow on that. But, um, uh, Ed, please, uh, if you have anything, if you want to say anything, please, um, if I forgot anything, please, uh, go ahead and. <laughs> oh, nah, nah, you, uh, you pretty much covered it, you know, just been, uh, been doing real estate. It's going on two years. Uh, my company, Cream Team Properties, um, I started it officially like almost a year and a half ago um and i just been grinding you know grinding doing different things um different businesses i've been rolling you know real estate thing is the number one thing and like like uh like, like you said i met you at a RIA meeting networking and uh that actually the RIA meeting i met you at was the first time i started realizing uh your network is your network because uh that because that meeting where there was a lot of people there it was a I think it was a packed room that day and I was talking to a lot of different people um and I was just starting to like kept trying to catch some steam in wholesaling and I was just talking to a lot of different people and I was like man it's a lot of people in here that got, own a lot of properties 
So um, every never since then, that day, I started talking and like people like you and some of the other people that were in the room. And I'm like, man, this is uh, you definitely got to network with people like this because there's a lot of knowledge that could be gained from talking to people like like yourself that own properties and uh, and all the other ones in the room. And knowledge is really the key to all of all of this. So that's definitely true, true, definitely true. So um, can you tell us a little bit about your backstory? So like the especially that you you know you you've worked a nine to five and kind of transitioned into real estate investing. I think a lot of uh, my subscribers and a lot of listener, listeners on the podcast um, are kind of in the same situation. They're trying to figure out, hey, how do I transition this nine to five W-2 job into something that's actually paying me passively, something that I can build wealth from. Can you speak to that a little bit, uh, your personal experience? Yeah, um, let me start at the, like, the very beginning. Um, yeah, so when I was like 20, 20 21 years old, uh, I was like an entrepreneur per se. I, I was getting into it. Like I went to college, went to college at Utica College for three years, and I was going there. I just really didn't want to even be at college, but I was there because my parents was like, you know, I went there for football. I was a cornerback. I played played a year. We had any money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we didn't have any money to be paying for school and me playing football, so I quit playing football and I hate to say quit because I really don't like quitting stuff but I, I stopped playing football and then I went and got a I actually went and got a full-time job and I went to school full-time so I was doing that but I'm like I'm going to school for like no reason because I just don't I just I just don't even know what I want to what I want to do in life but I'm going to college paying like 30 grand a, a year and I'm like I don't really even know what I'm doing so uh end up leaving and the nine to five that I work now I end up uh finding that and getting in that was you know it's good money um but in between that i used to sell sneakers on ebay um shirts i used to go to uh, macy's and get stuff on clearance and then flip it and sell it on ebay for like four or five dollars more so i was doing that with sneakers and clothes and stuff like that and i was always saying like y'all want to do something something like this on a bigger scale so uh fast forward like eight years later, I was working nine to five. You know, I, just, I really wasn't, I really wasn't just trying to do that my whole life. The whole time I've been working it. So like two years ago, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just, I'm going to jump into something else. Um, I actually went back to school two years ago and finished my degree just to say I didn't quit at something, you know? So I went back and finished it. Um, then shortly after that, I said, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry to, for more success. I graduated, so I'm like, this ain't really enough. So I went and jumped and started uh, looking at different things, entrepreneurial things I could get into. And I went and jumped in. Uh, I, I found a, a video of Mark Witten and a video of Jay Morrison. And I started following guys like that. And they, you know, they tweaked my mind. I was like, man, I, I, could, I could do that. If they could do it, no offense, but I could, I could probably could do it too, you know. So, you know, I just jumped in it. Um, and... At, alongside with my nine to five, I was trying, I, you know, I just went and just grinded it out and just pretty much uh, started learning for like a month straight, reading books, YouTube University, day and night, yeah. you know, and then, uh, you know, I just pretty much jumped in it. Just, uh, I said, all right, um, let me try to wholesale. So jumped into wholesaling. Um, probably like a, a few months down the line, it took me to get a deal and that deal took a long time because I got it. So I'm like, yeah, I got the deal. I know it's a good deal. 
ARV was like 60K. And the, uh, I got the property in contract for, for 6,000. And it didn't need that much work. It probably needed probably 10 grand. But the, but the person who I, was, I had a contract with, they really wanted to get, get rid of it. They didn't want to be a landlord no more. So, and then I found a buyer within like two days. Um, but the only issue was um, while the title search was being done, it came back. There was a bunch of liens and stuff like that on the title. Um, so we had to work for like four months, four or five months to even get the, that stuff cleared up to actually close my first deal. And then from there, I just caught steam. I just took the money I made and just put it back in a business and just keep, I just keep doing, I just been doing the same thing ever since then. Just keep flipping, turning it and put it, put it back in the business. Dude, that's excellent, man. Like, I think that's pretty much what every, everyone wants to do. Now I'm going to, I got a couple questions on that. Cause I'm going to dissect, I want to kind of dissect that a little bit. So uh, backing up first, um, you're working your full-time job. Uh, you realize you're in college and you're like, Hey man, I'm just, it sounded like you're basically there because everybody told you to kind of go there. That's kind of the thing to do. Like, Hey, you got to go to college to be successful. Right. That's kind of, mm -hmm. kind of, kind of what it sounds like. I kind I was in the same situation. I think a lot of us are in the same exact situation. Um, but what exactly was it about wholesaling that attracted, attracted you? I know you were listening to Mark Witt and Jay Morrison. Um, I love those guys. I listen to those guys a lot as well, but what was it that actually attracted you to wholesaling? Um, to be honest, it was the, uh, it was the the front knowledge to like analyzing a deal. So like my so like my my end goal is to be a property owner, a landlord. You know. So um, I said I right, wholesaling um, because I I didn't necessarily not have money. I just uh, didn't want to take away. Always look at it as I want. I didn't want to take away from my family with what I'm doing with the not my. So my, my nine to five income. Look at it as just. I'm supporting this house and the house I live in and my family and all the money I'll make from business is just, I'm going to just flip that and turn my, make my business bigger. So, uh, I said, right, I'm, I'm going to jump in it and just the host in, in wholesaling, but wholesaling, you can learn to analyze deals. So I took it as, all right, I can jump into wholesaling and just learn, learn how to analyze each house, whether it's a flip or a rental, I can learn how to analyze it. Then I could do it. Then once I get enough knowledge, I'll make money with the knowledge, you know, of doing it. And then in turn, I'll take that knowledge and I'll go buy my own stuff with that same knowledge. So that's pretty much, pretty much why I, why I took the wholesale route and got into it. So the ability to analyze a deal, which is kind of the foundation of pretty much all real estate in, in investing. I mean, yeah. you got to know how to analyze the deal. So I'm assuming that, so that's what attracted you. So let's go back to that first deal. So, um, and, and kind of, sum up what wholesaling is for those who listening that who don't know. Um, we talk about a, a lot of different types of uh, real estate investing, but wholesaling is one that um, I don't think, I think it's popular, but can you just give us an example of that kind of through your first deal, kind of give us some of the numbers. Um, I know you said you wanted to clean up some stuff. Can you kind of go over what that was and how long, how long it was and um, you know, what you profited from that first deal? Yeah. Yeah. Number one, people try to, Today, you know, wholesaling is you get a house on the contract and you make money in 30 days. That ain't always true. <laughs> that ain't always true. So um, this first deal, uh, well, 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 first we start with your first question. Um, wholesaling is you get a house on the contract um, and on, for a certain price, you and the owner agree on a certain price. And then with that piece of paper, you're pretty much selling a piece of paper. Then you market that piece of paper, not the house, market the piece of paper 
for sale, the agreement between you and the, you and the seller. Um, and it is, you know, certain clauses in your contract that, um, make it so that you can sell that contract and you sell that contract to an end buyer and the end buyer will come through and, um, they'll buy that piece of paper from you plus pay the owner with, um, what you agreed upon in the first place. Right. You, you make money in between. Um, exactly. Yep. So, yeah. So that first deal I had. It was in the south side of Syracuse, um, a real rental market. Uh, the ARV on it, after repair value, um, was 60K. Uh, it was a single family house. Um, really didn't need that much work. Five-year-old roof. Um, foundation was done like seven years before prior. Uh, it just needed a lot of cosmetic stuff. Somebody was living in it. Uh, the owner had somebody living in it for 20 years. Um, they had the same tenant for 20 years Jeez. paying under market rent. The rent on that property was, should have been like $1,200, but they were paying $500 Woo. for a bed, one and a half bath house. Woo. Yeah. So, uh, so she clearly couldn't, you know, keep up with, uh, um, she owned it free and clear. She paid it off like in the eighties. <laughs> um, but uh, she clearly couldn't keep up with the maintenance because she wasn't charging enough rent. Um, so uh, she she used to live in it. Um, and she moved out five years after then that tenant moved in. And then from there, uh, she had the same tenant for 20 years. Um, pretty much, I just rolled up on her. Like I was driving for dollars, um, looking for vacant houses. And this lady, she's outside um, raking leaves. She throws... She threw the, she actually threw the rake in the middle of the road as I was driving, driving by. <laughs> Clear sign, like, F this, man. Yeah, so I got out. I stopped slamming my brakes, and I got out. So I said, you know, ma'am, you all right? Um, you know, it seemed like you was frustrated. She was like, yeah, this this house. She was like, this house, I just can't take it. And then my eyes lit up. I'm like, uh-oh, here we go. <laughs> no so, way. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like, I, I could help you get rid of that. And uh, she was like, you can. She was like, I was like, yeah, maybe interested in buying it. And, she, and then uh, she was like, all right, um, come back tomorrow and uh, I'll let the tenant know that I'm going to have somebody come through here. So uh, I came back, did a walkthrough, seeing that it just needed like just a patch job pretty much. It needed like the holes fixed in the walls, paint, <clears throat> floors a little bit, and uh, a little bit of small bit of updates. It wasn't really bad. The tenant wasn't, wasn't really that bad, you know, uh, as far as taking care of the place. Um, so we get outside, you know, I just, and I asked her, you know, um, I didn't know, you know, I was nervous off bad. I'm like, what do I offer this lady? You know, like <laughs> I did numbers before I got there. I'm like, all right, it's repaired. I'm going to offer this. So then it came to the moment and I'm, I'm just like frozen. I'm like, all right, so, so what do you want for this place? <laughs> and, and, uh, she's like, well, what would you give me? So I, and I remember, um, from all the studying I was doing, that people would say whoever gives the first offer usually is the loser. So I was just trying to hold my ground. I'm like, how much do you want? And she's <laughs> like, how much will you give me? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and my dad, and I was with my dad one time, and he was buying a, a used car. My dad for a long time didn't have brand new cars. He would just buy used cars all the time. Like yeah. he just, he always saved money by doing that too. He never had like a luxury new car, nothing. He just, he had saved three grand, go buy a new one. Like if his car broke down, just go buy a new car, you know, uh, and keep that one for five, 10 years. 
but so we, I was with him one time and he was going back and forth with a dealer and he pulled out three grand. It was like, you know, three grand, take it or leave it. And he just pretty much lowballed him. Car was on sale for 6,000. He was like three grand, take it or leave it. And I don't know if the dealer was desperate or not, but it, my dad used to do that a lot and it worked. <laughs> um, but <laughs> so I just thought about that. That popped in my head. So I was like $6,000. She was like 6,000. I'll take it. And I was, I was just was like, oh, wow. So then, I was, so then I'm thinking, like, I didn't bring no contracts. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I got to lock this up. So I went and ran back home to Liverpool. I live in Liverpool, and that's like 20 minutes away. So I'm like, let me, I'll be right back. So I went and ran back home, got a contract that I had in my office, ran back to the south side, locked it up with her. Um, and then from there, I just pretty much, uh, I marketed it. I marketed it on, uh, I had some, I pretty much built a little buyer's list by going to the RIAs. Um, so I marketed this few guys there that I had on my list. And then uh, I pretty much did like social media and stuff like that. And I found a buyer in like two weeks. Nice. Yeah, um, locked that up. Um, they gave a deposit. We went right to the lawyer. The lawyer I talked to previous. Um, and pretty much from there, uh, I thought it was all a done a done deal. Um, I was gonna make like seven grand in between, and I thought, oh, man, I'm gonna make seven thousand dollars off of just nothing, you know, just driving down the street. So uh, we ended up doing a title search, and it came back that um, she had a few judgments on her name, and there was a mortgage that wasn't released from the '80s when she paid it off, and uh, it pretty much took four or five. <laughs> It pretty much took four or five months to close it because um, the judgment, she signed an affidavit to get those off. But um, but the lien uh, in 08, this company went out of business when the market bubble came. Mm. And they sold off all their mortgages. So when she paid it off in the 80s, um, any release that they would have had, they didn't have computers in the 80s. So anything that she would have had would have been paper. And they pretty much shut business down, so we couldn't find a release. So uh, we it took months. This lady had to go to the Supreme Court to get the release. <laughs> like it is, yeah, yeah. So she had to go to the Supreme Court pretty much to get the release, and that's pretty much how I closed my first deal. Was a lot of ups and downs. I'm like, this is never gonna close. Ups and downs, lefts and rights, and finally, uh, and I helped her. I pretty much helped her along through that process. You know, I was looking up online, like how, like that does this happen to other people? And it's pretty much very common for anybody else that's listening. If you uh, have a house that you bought in like the eighties, you might want to check and make sure with the County that it's released. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it could be still lean that you don't know about, you know, even though you think it's free or clear, it could be a lean still there. So that taught me a little lesson there. And I learned, I learned something for the first, for the first deal. So. Yeah, man, that's great. So, so you, you, <laughs> you're being a concerned citizen. I mean, it's kind of your right place, right time. I and mean, everyone says that uh, stuff like that, oh, he just kind of got lucky. But no, there was a lot of preparation before, before that even happened. I mean, you had to have already done prep work um, for you to even be driving for dollars because a lot of people don't really even do that nowadays. Um, so you're out there driving, actually searching for something. The world just kind of conspired had a lady out there and she just threw the rate down and was like, man, I'm sick of this. And then you being a concerned citizen went back, you know, tried to solve a problem and it seemed like it just worked out perfectly. I mean, that's, that's phenomenal. So 
um, going over the numbers, right? So you said you locked, you, you got the deal under contract for $6,000. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> what did the buyer, uh, you, you had a buyer's list. Yep. What did the buyer, uh, what was he willing to pay? I mean, yeah. Uh, so he paid, he paid me for, uh, 14. So I made, okay. made a, no, actually 13. Yeah. So I made seven, I made $7,000. <clears> I made $7,000 and the repairs on it was like $10,000, $12,000. Okay. Do you know what he did with that property after that? I'm assuming, did he flip it or did he just keep it for himself? Uh, he, to... he, put a, he kept it for himself and put a okay. tenant in it. You know, okay. dude, the guy owns like a bunch of properties over in that area anyway. So, yeah. You know. yeah. That's great, man. That's awesome. So seven k for about <clears throat> for for some work in, you know, in four months. I mean, that's not... That's not bad. And I'm assuming you were working on other deals during that time as well. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, but, but in between that, I just like to give information to other people trying to wholesale. It's not all like rainbows. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> it's not when you first start. Like it's just going to be a lot going on. Like I had that deal locked up and I was waiting for it to close. But I had like other deals that I locked up that just was not, was not going good. It just, I was locking them up and like, uh, bad corners or like streets that people that people didn't like or like there was like just underlying stuff that research that you should probably do before you lock a deal up like just like just little stuff that um you know, people who are buyers that you got to think about yeah they'll look at it that'll deter them from buying deals so I had a few deals that just was this they were decent deals it just wasn't like attractive to where the houses were you know but that's just one thing that I took away from, you know, learning the process through it, you know, but once I got through that first deal, um, and then I learned from all the deals in between the deals I was trying to do in between closing that one. Um, I learned a bunch of stuff in between that, which made me, which really launched me, launched me pretty far after that. I pretty much started rolling pretty much locking and closing stuff like back to back after that. So what would you say are the two biggest lessons learned out of that, out of your first deal? Um, pretty much to, uh, out of my first deal to just do your due diligence, you know, do your due, do your due diligence. Um, and I, I tend to do that more now is when I, before I lock something up, I do my due diligence. And, uh, even when it's locked up before I decide to put it out there, I make sure I make sure there's no title issues, you know, um, just make sure that you're not putting out, you know, just bad product, you know, that's, that's pretty much what I learned from that one. Um, yeah, and then the deals in between that one for the months that I was trying to close that one, um, I learned that you got to be on a super on point with your numbers. If you got a bad location, you got to get, you know, if you got a, a, not a bad location, but not a super attractive location, but it's a mm-hmm. good deal. You got to, your numbers got to be, you know, tight, you know, Pretty much. Okay. That's pretty much what I learned. You know, numbers got to be on point for those deals. And for that deal, you got to make sure that you're, you're putting out good product. Like any business, you got to make sure you're putting out good product, no defects. Yeah, because it's a reflection on you, right? On you and your, it speaks to your credibility, basically. So it's going to be hard for you to sell to other people once you, if you're putting out bad product and you got a bad name for yourself, I assume, right? Yep. Definitely understood. All right. So um, did the first deal, locked up the first deal and you started wholesaling, continuing to wholesaling after continuing to wholesale. Um, what about some of the systems that you've, that you put in place? Cause I mean, you're this entire time, you're still working a, a W2 job. 
right? So I'm assuming you have to start developing some type of systems to, to help you build and scale the way you want to, to where you're at right now. Yeah. So, uh, <clears throat> so when I got that, after I got that first deal closed, I took the whole check and I just, um, uh, I pretty much went back home to Utica because I, I kept saying once I, once I make some money in this, I'm going to, I'm going to just take the money. I'm just going to flip it. and I'm going to expand. I'm going to not be Syracuse because Syracuse, Syracuse is a pretty competitive market. You know, there's a lot of people trying to wholesale, a lot of people, uh, trying, but there's a lot of, you know, flippers and people, uh, people buying properties, a lot of, lot, lot, a lot of competition. You know, you got to find pockets in Syracuse, like yeah. a nick pocket, you know, <clears throat> to, to really find good deals. Cause, uh, you know, there's, there's bigger dogs, um, and people with more money. So their advertising will pretty much box you out. So you got to find like a little niche to get in. Um, but like Utica, Utica, um, is like, was like untouched, you know, like not a lot of people trying to wholesale, not a lot of people advertising. So pretty much I took the whole check and I, uh, and I pretty much put it right back in there. I put tons of bandit signs out in Utica, um, put bandit signs out in uh, Syracuse. And I, I, I started out doing all that on my own. Started driving around, putting bandit signs up myself at 2, o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning um, while everybody else was partying. I was out putting up signs like, yeah. like a madman. Um, that was the first part of me trying to expand a little bit. And then once I got deals off those signs, I started doing different, I started trying different things out, like throwing out, like sending mailers out. Um, and then uh, once I got my second deal, second deal, I made like three or $4,000. Um, I took that money and I said, I gotta, I want, I wanna, I don't wanna just be a wholesaler. I wanna look like a legit, I wanna be a legit business. So I took the money, you know, I created a logo, got an LLC, made myself a full fledged business. Um, Cream, I made I made Cream Team properties because me me and my group of friends we called ourselves Cream Team growing up. Yeah. Um, but I just put you know the Wu Tang reference, but I always but I put like I put a more positive spin on it, you know. Yeah. Things that I really care about, you know, rebuilding my community, especially home in Utica, uh, where I'm from. You know, I, I really want to rebuild that place. Like a lot of different places around where I grew up, I really want to take take some of that back. So that's why I made the name what it is. But um. But the systems I put in place right after I started my LLC is pretty much um, every avenue of advertising. Um, I made it semi, semi automated, kind of. Yeah. Um, like the internet thing. Um, I started a website. I got it real. I got the SEO really good. I put a lot. I sunk a lot of money in to get my SEO really good. So like right now, right now I'm like top three on Google, if you Google like anything for real estate in Syracuse area, um, or Utica area as well. Um, so I pretty much sunk money in. I pretty much paid, I don't know anything about websites. So I pretty much paid somebody, you know, I, I pretty much put, 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 put the money into where I should have, you know, hire somebody to do it right. You know? Um, and as far as, uh, you know, pretty much my system is band signs, the internet and, um, a lot of people, I've been growing respect across the internet for some reason through people that just know me or know of me or know people that know me. So I've been getting a lot of leads pretty much for the past six months that way. Yeah. Yeah. Most of my leads come from just word of mouth. 
people will word them out and then they'll go on my website and then I'll go see them. And it was like, yeah, so-and-so referred me to you, you know? So pretty much, uh, my system is, is very simple. I got two acquisitions managers, got one in Syracuse, um, Maurice, and I got, uh, one in, uh, Utica, my cousin, Collier. Um, and I pretty much trained them for, like, as I, every deal, I got a little better to where I just got real comfortable. So I trained them to get comfortable like me and they already had like sales experience. So um, <clears throat> any leads that come in in both areas, um, I'm first to see it. And then, um, if I don't have time or the owner doesn't have time for my time, then I send, uh, Maurice in Syracuse and same thing in Utica and, um, uh, pretty much. And pretty much, uh, and pretty much that's that's pretty much my system. Any any lead that comes in, it comes through me. Well, now a VA, now a VA. Now I, don't, I don't answer phones or anything like that. So now a VA will be the first person. I I got a VA. I'm mad. He's pretty he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Um, so any anytime you call my company, Ahmed will answer the phone, and <laughs> he'll channel you to me or to Maurice or to Collier, depending on what we all got going on um because we're always pretty much all of us are busy um um but pretty much i i implemented the system to where anywhere a lead comes in um i advertise a bunch of different ways i know some people that wholesale and do real estate to advertise they do one thing they say do one thing good but i do like three things good so um i really can't say one system that i do because i do like three things that i put money into and they all work and I don't, I don't sink a ton of money into them when I'm doing them either. So the ROI when I get deals is pretty, pretty decent. That's great, man. Like when you start to build a team, especially building a reputation, I mean, you're saying you're getting a lot of, uh, a lot of word of mouth and that speaks to you and, and what you're doing, uh, especially giving back to your community. I'm sure a lot of it, when you, it seems like you kind of took over Utica, right? So, um, being a kind of a staple in your city, giving back to your city, um, that does a lot for your credibility. And now people, now people are just spitting your name out. So if you want to talk anything real estate, all right, talk to Ed, man. Ed's got you. You know, yeah. so that's 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 great, man. I love that. Yeah, and a little uh, side note. A little side note. Um, anybody in the Utica area, Syracuse area, Albany, Rochester, um, sponsoring a basketball tournament. Something that's real important to me. Sponsoring a basketball tournament. It's been going on for four. It's the fourth annual Stop the Violence. Uh, basketball tournament in uh, Utica, New York. It's August 10th and 11th. Um, uh, it's been going on for four years. It's, it's in the name of Sean Capo Vaughn. Uh, he was he was he was killed in Utica in like 2010. Um, I knew the kid. I knew his friends. They have this tournament every year for and in his name. And uh, I played ball with him growing up, growing up as well in high school and middle school and stuff like that. Um, and I'm sponsored the tournament this year. So if anybody else wants to play ball, vendors, anything, any other sponsors want to step up, you know, we got that going on too. So that's just, uh, and that's something I care about too, giving back. Speaking of giving back, you know, I'm giving back that way. You know, a lot of people talk about giving back in these communities, but they, they really ain't doing it. So I'm trying to, trying to, trying, trying to put up, not, not just talk about it, you know? Got you, man. Got you. Actually, actually walking the talk, you know, so that's great. Um, so let's transition a little bit into where you're at right now. So you you said from the beginning what your plan was to was to be a land 
a landlord owner uh, to scale up and start owning owning property. So it seems like you use um, the wholesaling, your W-2 mixed with your wholesaling as a, uh, I guess, a catapult towards that uh, towards that end goal. And you had that end goal and now it's actually working. So now let's talk about your first, uh, your first investment and how you got that. Um, again, if you guys want to see the actual video for it, go to my YouTube channel. Um, just scroll down. I think I did the video with you maybe what, like six months ago or something like that. Um, go check it out and you can see, you can see what he, uh, what he was doing with that property, actually view the duplex, um, as well. Um, and, uh, he'll probably send me some pictures and I can put up some updated pictures in this video. Um, or maybe we'll do another video at another time, uh, a walkthrough, but let's, let's talk that. Um, so that duplex, what, what the numbers were, how did, you know, what you got it for, how you found it, uh, how you financed it, what um, what you put into it and what it's running out for and what it, uh, how it's performing right now. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much I found it on Craigslist. Um, I go on Craigslist probably once or twice a week. Just look at, see if there's any deals on there. Um, I was ready, you know, I was wholesaling for most of the year. So, you know, I was, I started, I started to think like, you know, some of these deals, I would probably surely be keeping these. Like, I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a, a, a wholesaler. Like I'm not, that's not my, that's not my thing to be a wholesaler. My thing is to build a real estate business wholesaling is just a way to like just generate some more cash to be able to you know uh buy more you know but I, f I found it on craigslist and i went and looked at it with the intentions of wholesaling i went there um it's, the numbers of like was pretty good um the arv before i got there was like eighty-eight thousand. it was looking like um the guy was selling it for 50 so i went there walked it um he put a new roof on it, so the, it leaked a lot. Uh, so I, and he put a new rubber roof on it, so a little flat roof. Um, so the the ceiling was all like, kind of moldy and stuff like that. Um, needed new floors upstairs. Downstairs wasn't really that bad at all. Just needed floors to be done, some paint, and update a bathroom. You know, that's pretty much downstairs we need to be. So um, I had the contractor walk through there with me. Um, we got uh, repairs at 20,000. So after I did the numbers, um, I determined I could give them, I give them 40. So I'm, I'm thinking in my head, like, you know, what should I do with this? Should I wholesale this or should I keep this one? So I decided, you know, I'm going to keep this one. So what's the strategy I'm going to do with this one? I was, I was watching bigger pockets, uh, Brandon from bigger pockets, explaining how to, how, what the burst strategy was. And I think I actually, I think I actually came across one of your videos too. Like, uh, like I was watching Brandon's videos, but then like the videos that relate, your one of your videos was on the bottom of it. Uh, so, so, um, so pretty much I went and I, uh, said, I'm a, I'm going to try to burst strategy with, with this one. So I went and got, a instead of getting hard money, I went and got a personal loan. I went and got a personal, I got, I got, I got good credit. So I went and got a personal loan and I offered him 40 K and he took it. So, uh, I gave him 40 K like $2,000 in closing costs. Um, so I'm at 42 and, um, I put $20,000 into it. Actually, it came out to be a little more than 20 because I ended up getting, uh, a back shed. Um, I, I was going to tear it off, but I ended up, you know, 
um, building it back up just to charge the tenants to use it. So I figured it was probably be a good investment to charge a couple extra 50 bucks per unit to, for them to use a small shed they wanted to. Um, so I ended up spending like a thousand, fourteen hundred dollars on that. Um, and then after that, I got tenants in there halfway through the project downstairs. And then at the end, the better looking apartment, the beautiful, better looking apartment. I got, I got a tenant up there right after. And then after that, I went and refinanced out, which I'm thinking at the AR, that the, 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 the numbers look like in the area because in Utica, and, in, and it's in Utica on Smith, on Smith Street. Um, around that area, everything is selling for like around 80. So there's like 34 two units on the market right now. And it's been that way for like, like they're hot in that area, two units are. Um, so there's a lot of owner occupants and stuff like that that are buying two units in Utica. Um, so I'm thinking like it's going to be 80, 85, you know, uh, with some of the higher end finishes I did, maybe 90, I'm thinking. Um, so I get the appraisal back, which it, it took a little long with the contractor, had a little issues there, but I got through it. Um, did the appraisal about three, four weeks ago and it came back to 120. Great. Uh, you sent me the text. Uh, when you sent me that text, I was like, man, that's awesome, yeah. dude. I was yeah. really, really happy for you. Yeah, man. What? Well, yeah. When that came through and when that came through, uh, I almost dropped my phone. I'm like. <laughs> I'm like pretty much I put in I put in a little over 60k into the building um probably a little over 60k um probably 67 I think I think my expenses came out I got it I got it in this office somewhere on, on uh in my folder maybe my suitcase downstairs but I got the I, I got it written down I think I put like 67 8 into it and I was gonna refinance out and get all that money back and just pay off the loan and uh and get all my money back that I put in personally. So um, they came back and I'm like, I'm about to walk out of here with like $10,000. <laughs> I'm like, it's my first deal. I'm like, this is, this is amazing. So the, the bank is going to give me 80, 80%. The bank I'm going through is going to give me 80% of 120. So I'm getting 96,000. So I'm going to pay off 67. And I'm going to walk away with that extras to go do more. That is awesome. And that's, that's, perfect burst strategy that sounds very 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 similar to to my first deal as well um so you you, you took your money you put 67 and some change into it refied out got 97 back so the difference was about 30 g's and you all of the capital every single penny that you put into this place you get back plus more so you have no money into this deal you made like 30 g's off the deal now you can take that 30 g's and then go do another deal i mean that's you talk about wealth creation, man. Like that, that is it, dude. That is it. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, I've been following Robert Kiyosaki and he was talking about he talks about infinite returns all the time. <clears throat> and um it's crazy for me to do my first deal and to have infinite returns. And I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this with the and I'm I'm on the phone with the lady from the bank and I'm I'm like, this is this is like surreal. Cause I'm following Robert Kiyosaki at the time. All, all this time, I, I listen to a lot of his videos and I read his books and stuff like that. And he talks about infinite returns a lot and how to, and how to get it. And uh, for me to get it on the first deal was just like, was just surreal for me. Like a movie That's moment. Great. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great, dude. So first deal went 
fantastic. And again, like if you guys want to see the video of what some of the inside looks like, definitely go check up, check out the YouTube uh, channel, financial freedom journal. Um, for those that are listening on the podcast right now, um, dude, that that's, that's amazing. So what's the next move, man? Like, I know you got a couple other businesses that you, that you're, that you're starting up, but as far as real estate is concerned, what's the next move? Pretty much. I'm just going to scale. I'm going to scale. I'm going to scale the wholesale a little bit, but I'm going to buy. I'm looking for, um, just looking, just looking for the next right property to buy, you know, right couple. Maybe I'll buy a couple. Maybe I'll buy, you know, get into some commercial stuff. Like we, like we've been talking about some commercial stuff, you know, maybe I'll do that. You know, I'm just looking for the right and right next investment to get into. Um, I'm going to take part of the money and invest it in, uh, you know, my other businesses. Um, but most of them going to just scale, scale the real estate crazy. Just, you know, um, try to grow as fast as possible. I'm going to take that money and just flip it and turn it as many times as I can from here and try to, you know, catapult myself into a good a wealth direction. Dude, that's fantastic, man. I love it. I love it. Uh, the message, you know, we're, we're putting it out and, um, you're actually living what you're talking. Um, you're, you're able to go back and speak to other people, the younger people and tell them, Hey, this is what, this is the way to build wealth. This is a way to build wealth, a uh, passive income. Um, every single one of the businesses that you have pretty much is, is, is focused on passive income for the most part. So, uh, I really like that. And I really like that you're, you're, you know, you're teaching this to other people as well. So that's awesome. Um, what does, what does financial freedom uh, mean to you? Um, financial freedom to me means uh, to have more time with my family. You know, I got a, I got a little two-year-old boy um, and, I'm, and I'm married. I got a, my wife, Brianna, and my son, and my son is Emery. Um, and literally, literally, um, when, I, literally when I first started getting into real estate, he was being born. So that's partly that's that's pretty probably my biggest motivation is him and her. But when he was being born, it's just my mind just hit another gear where I'm like, uh, you know, my dad, my dad growing up, he worked a lot. Like my dad had like three jobs working up. My, my dad was a pizza boy. He worked for the city schools as a, as a maintenance guy. And um, he did. And he worked for like a cable place. Like he did a bunch of different stuff growing up and he always found time to try to you know make my games and stuff like that but um he was always working um you know my dad and my you know pr pretty much my dad and my uncle they both raised me um and my aunt and watching those three together pretty much bring me up um they always one thing that I always carried in my mind was like you know they provide for me and they give me a a, a pretty decent life you know um we 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 pretty much got pretty much got what I needed in life you know, not everything I wanted, but everything I needed, all the tools and all the, and all the, you know, shirt on my back, food to eat, you know, I got pretty much all the things I needed um, growing up. But one thing that stood out was they always worked and worked and worked and worked long hours, a lot of hours, you know, and when my son was coming, I'm like, you know, to me, financial freedom is having all the time I can have with him, all the time I could spend with him and giving him all the tools and spending more time with him than at work, you know, like right now I do hustle a lot. You know, I got a couple of businesses and I still got my full-time job. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm getting to a good place where, uh, I'm getting closer and closer and closer. So, um, but what financial freedom means to me is just more time with my family. That's, dude, that's the most important thing to me is my family. So 
Got it, man. So um, for anyone, for any of the, the people that listen on podcasts or watching on the actual video itself, um, other nine to five workers, right? People are in the same situation as you and me. We're both working nine to five jobs, but we also have um, have this this other entity or other businesses that were that are generating wealth. Uh, what's some advice that you could give to them um, to to help? Maybe maybe they're kind of caught in limbo, like, man, I don't know if I want to do this, or I'm not sure. Are they afraid to take that risk, right? Um, what's some what's some advice that you would give to them to to help kind of jumpstart their to motivate them or help jumpstart, you know, their journey. Yeah. Uh, pretty much what I could tell anybody else with a nine to five that you might be scared. I tell, I tell people this every week, pretty much anybody that's looking to, you know, make a jump and try and try things that you don't have to even try just real estate, try something that you're passionate about, you know, just jump in it, try it, take the risk. Don't be afraid. You know, like, especially if you're like our age, you know, that, you know, twenties, thirties, you, jump in it man just you know you got time you could you, you can mess up a year you know you could you could you could fail forward you could uh you, you could take it as a learning experience Yo, you, you gotta know, say like, you gotta say it one more time what, what's that fail forward yeah what, fail what, forward what is that about yeah failing forward is you know pretty much anything that you do in life that you fail for when you're a little baby you know how many times do you fall before you start walking a bunch of times before you just actually start taking off and just walking so you just got to keep failure. Like, you know, you're in the gym, you're putting up, you're trying, you're trying to pump out 225. And the only way you're going to get to 225 is you keep trying to bench press until you, until you uh, fail, you know, and that's how you grow and that's how you get to that next level. So anybody with a nine to five, don't quit. Everything is hard in the beginning. It ain't all rainbows. It's not easy at the beginning. It's going to be hard. You know, I'm not a guru, not a, nothing like that. But I, but I know how to hustle. I know how to hustle and I know how to, you know, navigate through nine to five and being a businessman at this point in life. I know how to, I know how to do that. And one thing I can say is don't quit. Just jump in it. Don't be afraid. If you're passionate about something that you want to do, just do it. And if you fail, it's okay. Just keep, just keep getting through it. Don't quit. Just keep getting through it. Pretty much it. Dude, that's great advice. Great advice, man. So wrapping up, um, how can how can subscribers or, or listeners, how can we get in contact with you and find out more about you? I'm going to have the links down below. You'll see them below our pictures, but um, please. Yeah, so uh, at my my business pages, um, also on ATM business, so you can reach me at uh, on Instagram right now at uh, Prolific ATMs um, and also at www.prolificatms- Oh, sorry, www.prolific-atms.com. Um, and also for the real estate side of things, you can reach me at, uh, you could go on our website at creamteamhomebuyers.com. If you're looking to sell your house, you're looking to buy a house, also have a buyer's website at uh, creamteamproperties.com. Um, and on Instagram, you could reach me at, uh, at Ed Blackshear. That's um that's that's my new kind of entrepreneur page. I'm getting ready to drop some videos, you know, little short clip clip videos of just some information of how to probably do things that I like think things that I'm doing. Um and also for my business page, um, you can reach me at uh, for real estate, you can reach me at CTE Properties LLC on Instagram and Facebook. 
That's great, man. Hey, any last words for anyone listening or watching the video right now? Yeah, um, it's pretty like like we said before, if you're a nine to fiver aspiring to be a entrepreneur, just don't just jump in it. Don't listen to none of the noise. It's gonna be a lot of noise. People at work, parents, uh, everybody. It's gonna be a lot of noise. Just jump in it, just do it. Don't quit. And don't be afraid, you know, just fail forward. You know, do it for your family. That's all I can say. Dude, that's awesome, man. Hey, again, thank you so much for coming on our show. I really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, we'll definitely be in contact, you know. So uh, you guys who are listening and or who are watching, uh, be on the lookout because uh, likely we're, we're going to figure something out. <laughs> We've been talking back and forth for a while now, but uh, we're going to figure something out. And uh, it'll, it'll, it's probably going to be pretty big and we're, we're uh, pretty excited about it. But um, if you enjoy the content that we're putting out, if you're enjoying uh, these these episodes, please do us a favor. If you're listening, uh, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Please share share the, the uh, podcast with those that you know that uh, may be interested in real estate and want to learn a little bit of, uh, about real estate. Um, for those of you who are watching the video on YouTube, uh, do me a favor, man, hit that, hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the little, the little bell there as well. So you can keep getting, uh, getting our videos and, uh, that's pretty much it. This is Dan Wynn signing out. I'll hit the record. Oh, sh uh, hold on one second. Bad.